Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. This podcast is designed to hold space for honest conversations. From purity culture to faith, sexuality, relationships, identity, culture, deconstruction, and more. My hope is to look doubt in the face, be curious, seek God, and ask meaningful questions to address any elephant in the room with openness, nuance, and grace. I won't pretend to be an expert and definitely don't have all the answers. And though it may feel easier and more comfortable to exist in the black and white, I invite you to discover God with me in the gray and unexpected spaces. So whoever you are, whatever you do or don't believe, you are welcome here and have a seat at this table. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes. So each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and written review. It would be so helpful to get our message out there. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and a special shout out and thank you to Newsstand Studio at Rock Center in Manhattan, New York. Thank you for producing and sponsoring this episode of my podcast. You can follow along with Rockefeller on Instagram at Rockefeller Center or on Twitter at Rock Center NYC. And also a special shout out to my Patreon community. If you are a part of my Patreon community, you know that I offer free monthly online coaching calls for the community. They're super fun. I also drop my podcast episodes a week early on Patreon and they're ad-free. And they're also on video. So you get to see the beauty that is my closet that I record most of my episodes in. And then I also have over 50 exclusive videos for Patreon members only. You can check that out. Patreon.com slash The Refined Collective. It's just $3 a month to join. So come hang with us. Or if not, I still love you. You're still welcome here. Now on to today's episode. Oh God, I'm excited for this episode. I don't know if you guys will like this episode, but it's one of my favorite episodes to record. She's back. I think for the third time, my bestie, Sarah Del Monte, or as you may know her on the Instagrams and on the internet, the lovely, amazing boudoir photographer, Tutti Del Monte. Welcome back, Sarah. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I'm so oh my excited. Gosh. <laughs> You're already talking in your podcast voice. I know. I have a very clear, direct I podcast voice. Have a um, very clear podcast I, voice. I, <laughs> so, okay, you're back. Mm. Last time we recorded this new series that I wanted to do with you called Dear Diary. And we both read excerpts from our diary. And no one liked mine. <laughs> no one liked yours. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in your defense, you were translating from Spanish mm-hmm. to English. Oh, there was some ESL going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like put you on the spot. I was like, go find your journal for middle school right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't really level playing field. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mine was just... I think <laughs> I may also have just been a weirder kid. Perhaps. I think you were just like a nice... Boy crazy yeah. little girl. 
<laughs> for sure. Okay, so we're going to get back into my diary from middle school in a little bit, but there's so much I want to talk with you about today. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I'm actually super excited. I love talking to you and I love the topics you and I get to explore together in our friendship. I really value our different upbringings, our different beliefs, kind of, you know, and lifestyle choices. But you kind of value them or? <laughs> no, I like our differences, kind of, because we have a lot of similarities as well. Yeah, yeah. That you wouldn't be able to see on the surface. But mm-hmm. I've loved really diving deep with you in these years of friendship and exploring that like that in itself is to me so makes our friendship so unique and special. Yeah, I love our friendship. I love us. We're the only two, really. We're the only two that love us. <laughs> okay, so yesterday we talked. How many times did we talked on the phone yesterday? At least four. At least four. Yeah. Sorry to all my other friends who I don't talk to for months at a time because I don't have time. But we just like chit chat a lot. Yeah, it's just easy, easy conversation. Yeah. It feels and it feels simple to just be like, okay, got to go by. And it's no hard feelings to hang up yeah. on the spot. So yeah, I think that really sure. helps too. Oh, I mean, I hold a grudge. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have right. a tally. I have yeah. a tally. Yeah, right. Miss, hey, I have to go in one minute. I'm like, okay, so to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, moreover, and in conclusion. <laughs> okay, so from last night to this morning... What did you do? What have you done since the last time we talked? I feel like I have put on so many different hats between our last conversation last night and this morning. I I wrote a real estate contract, I, which is my other job. I emailed with my boudoir clients this morning. I had a phone call with a boudoir client this morning. I prepared lunch for Levi, who I'm picking up in a little bit. And who's Levi? Levi is my three-year-old son. Oh my gosh. He's the how cutest he little thing. How is he three? Like, how, where did he come from? Why well, so fast? Are we also allowed to talk about that he's like a supermodel now? I guess. I guess that's the public knowledge now. How many magazine covers has your son been on? <laughs> I think two or three. Two, at least two. And they just shot another one. But it's, I don't know if it's going to be a cover though. We'll see. It's, it'll definitely oh. be a, an ad at, on Times Square. Oh, my God. I mean, we don't know if it's going to make cover, but... Oh, but who's counting anyways? I Believe me, this was not the path I set out for him to be on, but it kind of mm-hmm. just happened. And I, as long as he's happy, I'm happy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I have not done as many things <laughs> since we talked on the phone <laughs> last, but I did do one really cool thing. Which is... I went to it's dinner in the dark. <gasps> yes. Tell me, did you meet your soulmate? Yes. No, I didn't meet my soulmate. So, well, unless it's Karen, which I don't know. She's a close second to you, I think. So we've both seen About Time. Mm-hmm. And in the movie About Time, Rachel McAdams and her best friend go to this dining in the dark experience. And they basically you are eating completely in the dark. You can't see anything. And they sat next to these two guys. And she ends up, spoiler alert, having romantic involvement with one of the guys. But (laughs) Dining in the Dark was really fun. So it was at the W Hotel in Austin. Tickets were $80 a person. So this was not a cheap 
event. And I, full disclosure, bought it off an Instagram ad, which you know me, I'm a sucker for ads. And so we went, my friend Karen and I went. And first of all, we showed up an hour early because I got the time wrong. So just... Who are you now? <laughs> I don't know. You're so early know. for everything now. I'm so early for everything. So we were an hour early. We got decaf espresso martinis from the bar. And then we had dinner. And here's the thing. First of all, dining in the dark is not like about time the movie because single guys don't go to it. <laughs> I could have told you that. I know. I know you could have told me that. I probably could have told me that. But we get there. And first of all, these girls were like, you guys are such a cute couple. So <laughs> first of all, everyone thinks we're lesbians, which whatever. Who doesn't? Uh-huh. And then all the tables are just two seaters. So they really don't set you guys up literally for a romantic encounter. No. No, I I want my money back. <laughs> I I would call them. Although it it was really fun. She got the better dish. She got the meat dish and I got the seafood dish and yeah, I had order envy the whole time. She was like trying to feed me with her fork the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it was aggressive. So, that's what I did last night. That's not so fun. It was really fun. Okay, I'm dying to talk with you about this, though. Either you and I were talking about this, or maybe it was Karen and I. I can't remember. But we were talking about kissing. Mm. And was that you and I? Probably in the six, seven years of friendship at some totally. point, yes. Probably. But I was just thinking, like, I think I just assume that I'm a good kisser. Mm. I feel, like, really confident in my kissing abilities. And, like, do you feel confident in your kissing abilities? <laughs> I do. I feel yeah. like I am a pretty good kisser. I think at least I haven't gotten feedback otherwise. Yeah. And then like when it's bad, like when was the last time you had a bad or maybe not like a great kiss? I think I know the mm. answer to this. <laughs> when was the last time? His name starts with a... <laughs> Wait, I really don't know who you're talking about. I'm going to say the name. Oh, God, I even forgot about him. You just blocked him out? <laughs> I totally just blocked him out. I legitimately just forgot about his existence. Oh, my goodness. Well, if that doesn't show you one thing, wow. you definitely did not like that guy. Thank God he is most likely not going to hear this. Well, you never oh. know. But I bring him up because... Am I wrong in saying that you didn't think he was a great kisser? Holy crap. I didn't like him at all. And his kissing just really made me squirm. I tried to teach him, not not just in my way of kissing my, like, you know, by coaching him through it. But I literally told him at one point or several points, like, I just don't like when you do this and this. Mm-hmm. I like when I, when we do this and that. And it was as if I was speaking to the wall that is right in front of me. Mm-hmm. It literally did not register. And he just kept doing the same shitty thing over and over again. And it got to the point that I just would not kiss him. I I, I was probably mean to him in several ways. And that was maybe one of them. But God, I just did not 
like kissing him. Oh, thanks for reminding yeah. me of him. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm I'm uh, pleased <sighs> to bring up your past trauma. So, <laughs> okay. So here's my question though: Is like, why does it have to be that it was his fault? What if he equally doesn't like what you're doing? And you equally don't like what they're doing. And is it just a preference thing, you think? Or do you really think there are things that make people bad kissers? I really think there are things that make people bad kissers. What do you think some of those things are? Um, let's say an excess use of saliva. Let's say oh, yeah. an excess use of tongue. Mm-hmm. Let's say an aggressive use of tongue. Or yeah. Those are typically things that are not received well. By in, you. In my opinion. Yeah. In yeah. my professional opinion. In my professional kissing experience. Mm-hmm. I think in all areas of my life, I like subtle, soft, romantic, and confident, but not aggressive. If there's a pendulum swing for kissing, I don't want any of the extremes, mm-hmm. either of them. You know, yeah. I want the middle. I want that. I want that yeah. range. I definitely have been traumatized by sloppy kissers. Yeah. Like, tell me about, yeah, tell me about your experience. When was the last time you had a bad kiss? Well, my last time that I had, I mean, a bad kiss was when I was hooking up with my neighbor in Brooklyn, if you remember that. Oh, yes, I do. Like, he was not a good kisser, but I really liked him and we stayed with it. Mm -hmm. And it actually got like so much better. Mm. And I think that was the first time that my eyes were open to, okay, if that chemistry isn't there immediately, or if it's like not fire, or you're not totally on the same page, like physically, mm-hmm. it can grow. Because I remember our first kiss, it wasn't like awful. He didn't like slobber all over me, but I was like so excited that he was kissing me. And I was also like, oh, like this isn't great. But I cared for him so much and I was super attracted to him. And I just was like, I'm just going to see how this unfolds. By the time we stopped dating, if that's what we want to call it, I was super attracted to him and the way he kissed me really turned me on. And I think before having that experience, I would have thought if you kiss someone the first time and it's not great, then there's no hope for you. It's like your body's and nature's way of telling you that you're not compatible. Because since I dated that guy, I have had other guys that I've dated and kissed where it wasn't great. Since dating this guy and seeing that our kisses could get better, I have dated other people where the physical chemistry wasn't there immediately. And I think I was able to go into it with like a little more curiosity because I felt as though, okay, it hasn't been there before in the beginning and it got there. So I'm a little bit more willing to give it some time. I think the thing I need to work on is being able to verbalize what I want. Because when I remember when you shared with me about kissing your ex and saying that you told him verbally what you wanted and didn't want. And I feel like I, with men a lot in the past, I've just been like quiet, even if I haven't liked it, or I've been like, I'm going to teach them by my ways of being and ways of doing or like show them what I like. And I think I've definitely done that in kissing, but also in like not communicating my wants and needs. And so I definitely want to be better about being able to verbalize it. I think I just get scared of hurting their ego 
and saying it wrong. Because I dated a guy last year who asked me for feedback. Mm-hmm. And I really cared about him. And I didn't know what to say. And he wasn't a terrible kisser or anything. I just had never had a guy ask me before, like, hey, I want to make sure that when we're kissing, it's fun for you and that you like it. And if there's anything I can do that would make it better, I would love to do that. And I just froze. Because I realized I haven't ever... I haven't ever communicated that before. I've just kind of assumed like they'll pick up on hints, which Mm -hmm. isn't fair. Mm -hmm. I wonder when you said that it's because you don't want to bruise their ego. I do see that because I do the same. But I think the real reason is not about them. It's about us. It's about the fear that goes, that happens beyond the bruising of the ego. Like what happens if you bruise their ego? Well, then they might shut you out or it might, I don't know. Like what is the consequence that happens with the ego being bruised? Because that's, I don't think that's what it's about. Yeah, you're right. And I think for me, if I kind of peel that layer, because I, like I said, have done the same where I stay quiet or they ask for feedback and I don't give it, I think the real reason is it might be because I really don't even know what I want or like, or Mm -hmm. I don't want to explore that with that person. And Mm -hmm. that's just my way of, you know, not doing so. It might be like a subconscious thing, but I wonder like what if we press into that fear, what would really be there? Yeah. As soon as you started saying that, first of all, I was like, man, Sarah's calling me out because it makes my ego feel good, right? If I'm like, I don't hurt their feelings. But you're right. What it's really about for me is I don't want to be rejected. Mm -hmm. I am so scared of losing love. I think one of my like core fears is exposing my heart to a man and him seeing my heart and then turning away. And so if I have a need or a desire and I share my heart with that person, I'm afraid of being too much. Mm. Yeah. And then that then they'll walk away. Yeah. So that's the real reason we've quieted mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. or you quieted down. And it's so interesting because it happens in like there are opportunities to practice this muscle in non-intimate settings. Mm-hmm. You know, like in when someone you're in a partnership with asks you like, hey, can I help you with anything today? Like it's actually mm-hmm. taking up that person on the offer yeah. um, instead of just quieting that down. And I think or I believe this is what I've been trying is if I practice enough in the non-intimate world it will become a lot more commonplace for me to even hear myself experiencing and and voicing that in the intimate world. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think what you're talking about is like strengthening a muscle of consent. Mm -hmm. And that does get strengthened outside the bedroom. And even when you said, sometimes I don't say what I want because maybe I don't know what I want and or I don't know how to explain it or I don't know how to put words to it. Maybe because no one's ever asked me before, how can I kiss you better? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, just like do something different. Like I haven't thought, oh, I really like 
kind of how you said soft kisses mm-hmm. or I like slowing things down and I like a good lower lip nibble or suck, mm-hmm. a, suck a lip sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I've just never verbalized that mm-hmm. to a person I'm dating. And I've never, I never actually really thought about what do I like versus don't like until I'm in a situation where I don't like it. And even then, I think I haven't really thought about what do I not like about this? I just kind of generalized, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Or they're not a good kisser. Mm-hmm. Because no one wants to be a bad kisser. <laughs> no. Right? Everyone mm-hmm. wants to be a good kisser. And the last guy I dated said I was a really good kisser. So just, <laughs> well, saying. That. just saying that I'm <laughs> basically an expert because I am a virgin at 36 years old and I've been kissing for a long time. <laughs> I better be freaking good at kissing. (laughs) If you're not, we're in trouble for you. I'm like the master at foreplay. (laughs) I've only had 20 years to practice. Your man will be really happy about this. Oh my gosh. I'll be like, we're going to kiss for three hours. (laughs) Honestly, it's the best. Oh my gosh. Well, speaking of, okay, you're in an interesting situation right now. Mm -hmm. Dating wise. And I asked you beforehand if we could talk about this. So, spoiler alert, you are not a virgin. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you have unless you were Jane the Virgin. I know. Which I honestly feel like would happen to me. Mm-hmm. But okay. So you're not a virgin. And spiritually, how would you identify yourself? Or do you identify? I consider myself a very spiritual person. I consider myself, I don't have a label for myself in terms of a religion, but I consider myself spiritual and non-judgmental and curious about all religions. I believe in God and I believe in a higher power. And if someone calls it the universe, if someone calls it God or whatever name, I believe in it all. You know, I can, I respect it all, I guess is a better way Mm -hmm. of saying it. And I practice gratitude as often as possible. Mm -hmm. That is kind of how I identify myself. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Let's say up until this season in your life, what has sex been for you? And what has your relationship with sex been like? In my adult, you know, my adult sex life um, has been a really fluid approach to sex. I Mm -hmm. believe sex is a powerful way to connect with someone. If I have been in a committed relationship with someone or not, I find it a really powerful experience. And I haven't really categorized sex as a moral or or non-moral act. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't land on my moral compass. Mm -hmm. So to me, sex has just been a way to connect, a way to express myself, a way to have adventures with my own body, a, a way to explore with someone else. It's been a way, not my way. It's been a way that I am intimate with a person. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about intercourse. I'm talking about all intimacy, physical intimacy. So yeah. that's what sex has been like for me. And how would you define sex? Like, what is sex? Oh, God, you and I have talked about this so much, and it's such a confusing thing. It's very confusing. I think I consider sex to be intercourse. Which and, is? Which is an intercourse, like a penis and a vagina, in my case, mm-hmm. because I am straight. And, and you're a woman. <laughs> and I am 
the woman in this equation. (laughs) So to me, that is sex. Or I know people say oral sex. I don't consider that sex. Mm -hmm. Just because to me, that's not sex. So for you, it's the one act. Yes. It's the one act. Got it. Yes. What is it to you? What is it to me? Well, I have a whole chapter in my book about this. I know, but but I'm asking you. I know. So I think for me, I always thought it was the one thing. It was the P and the V for... That's just always what I thought. And so growing up Christian, it was like, okay, so as long as I like don't do that, I'm good. I'm like, quote unquote, following the rule. And you know my dating past. Like I didn't date for a very long time. And so I had never had oral sex until moving to New York City. I think I've given like literally a handful of hand jobs in my mm-hmm. whole life. Mm-hmm. I was desperately unemployed in college. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's been a part of me in my own story as a person of faith where I have felt really prideful that I've like, quote unquote, like, did it God's way, quote unquote, whatever that means now. And then there's been this other part of me that also has felt like really ashamed at my lack of sexual experience and this desire to explore, but also feeling insecure that, oh my gosh, like I don't know how to do these things. I mean, there's been many a times where I've asked you questions like, how do you do this? Or what is this like? Or, oh my gosh, this happened. What what happened? What was that? And so I feel like there's so much that I still am learning. But when I was writing my book about sex, something that came up for me is I read this book called Girls and Sex by Peggy Orenstein, and she quoted this professor, Daniel Fortenberry. And the idea is that they believe that sex is not a vertical race to a singular destination, but it's more of a pool of experiences. And when we make sex about like one thing, we often like flatten the experience and it can become objectifying primarily for women because a lot of sex culture revolves around male pleasure. And so her whole thing was like, what if we looked at sex in a more holistic expression that what if it's all sex? And I was like, well, that's super inconvenient for me as a Christian who has believed like to abstain from sex until marriage. And yet the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, okay, so what if you don't identify as heterosexual? Do heterosexual people have a monopoly on what sex is? Like, what if your partner is impotent? Like, can you not have a thriving sex life? What if you're one of the 80% of women who can not climax internally? Can you not have good sex? And so I do believe that sex is this more holistic expression. And in saying that, I... Man, I don't know if I've publicly said this, but... I don't know that I will wait for all of that until marriage. Like if I do believe it's all sex. Mm. I don't think making out, but I think bodies touching, orgasms, like genitals touching, oral, all of that. Like I do see how that is like all a part of it. And I remember talking with one of my gay guy friends and he got back from a date and I was like, how was it? He was like, oh, great. We had sex. And I was like, oh, what did you guys do? And he was like, oh, we just touched each other. And I was like, that's sex? He's like, yeah, it's all sex. And I thought that was super interesting because I also remembered a conversation with one of my girlfriends who saved sex until marriage. And her and her husband got back from their honeymoon. And they were like, on our honeymoon, we just realized all of it is sex. 
And so here I have this like super like friend in my life who like believes in casual sex, like, you know, do whatever you want and this like very conservative outlook. And they're both kind of saying the same thing. Yeah, I've definitely sat with it a lot. And it's hard for me because in that I'm like, man, what am I willing to wait for versus not wait for? And I'm not in a relationship right now. I think the other thing I realized is like when I wrote my book, I hadn't been in a relationship for a couple of years. And in my book, I think I said, I am only going to make out until I get married. And then I dated a guy last year that I really, really liked. And what I was curious in doing with him is how do we move forward holistically in an integrated sense? So it used to be that I would go on a first date and like get naked on the first date. As long as I wasn't quote unquote having sex, like I was holding my boundary. And I think what I'm curious now that I'm not 100% sure what it looks like is what is it to like move forward in an integrated way? So like, how do we move forward emotionally, spiritually, and physically and pace ourselves and not like rush the process of intimacy? Mm-hmm. And I was actually really proud of myself in that sense for how I showed up in my last relationship because we took it super slow, which was like definitely... <laughs> Uh, breakthrough for me because usually I'm like, let's get in my bed and make out and take our clothes off. Mm -hmm. So that's a very long answer to my definition of sex. If your partner walked into your life today, would you be ready? Last year, I felt more ready for love than I ever have before. It wasn't until I dated someone I really cared for only to have it not work out that I was able to see I still had some deep trauma that if left unhealed was going to keep me from love. I had some work to do. You see, sometimes we date when what we really need to do is find a good therapist. On the flip side, sometimes we don't date because we expect ourselves to be perfect. Fear of failure and rejection keep us paralyzed from putting ourselves out there. Here's the deal. We'll never be 100% ready. At some point, We have to get out there and go scared. But how do we know when we just need to go for it versus when we need to pump the brakes? Well, a few years ago, my friend Stephanie Mae Wilson created a free quiz to help us navigate these exact questions. It's called, are you ready to meet your person? The questions, insights, and action steps she shares with you in this quiz transformed my own dating life, and I truly believe they'll do the same for you. You can download it for free at stephaniemaywilson.com slash cat. Again, that's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-M-A-Y-Wilson.com slash cat. And that's K-A-T. Because I really don't, in my opinion, believe that the things that happen before sex are sex. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to think, like, what do I consider them then? And to me, mm-hmm. that's just fooling around, exploring, having fun. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's still very intimate. And I consider sex to be very intimate. But to me, it's not even the most intimate. Like sometimes kissing someone is more intimate than sex. Yeah. And so sex is like a word to me. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's a word that defines an act. And I get to define what act that is. Yeah. And all the things that happen before sex to me are just fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've asked a lot of women their thoughts on like what feels more intimate. And kissing is super intimate. Mm-hmm. People can be married for years and years and years and be having sex and not kiss. 
for years. Mm-hmm. There's something about kissing and our lips touching that's super intimate. I also think for women to receive oral sex is super intimate and vulnerable mm-hmm. to just completely surrender and trust. And yeah, I wonder sometimes if oral sex is more intimate than sex mm-hmm. for a lot of women. I think it can be for sure. Yeah. If yeah. you're, and that kind of goes back to our previous topic of voicing the things you want. I, I know mm-hmm. for a lot of women, oral sex is the place where you're, like you're saying, it's the most vulnerable of our states. And it's also the biggest opportunity for us to practice that, to strengthen that muscle of how you call it consent of Mm -hmm. just voicing what you want. I mean, if you and your partner match each other and meet in the same place of full transparency and open communication, it's such a beautiful place to be in because it's Mm -hmm. vulnerable. It's pleasurable. It's, it's just so beautiful. It's just like really mm-hmm. beautiful. And I'm not talking literally about the act. I'm talking about that place, that space that the partnership is in. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was going to mention earlier how we were talking about kissing. The inverse of that is like, how powerful is it when we meet someone and mm-hmm. we just enjoy that first kiss and it is freaking fireworks. Oh, oh. it's intoxicating. Oh, yeah. It's, it is. That's the word. Yeah. It's intoxicating. Okay. Let's do like a 60 second each of us share of our like most recent best kiss. And then I I do want to get back to the sex convo. Yeah. 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 Sorry. What was your most recent best kiss and why? I think it's the person I'm choosing to be with right now. It was amazing because of how First, logistically, we were the same types of kissers. We are the same types Mm. of kissers. And there was so much eye contact happening in between that it just felt like I was going to explode with like passion. It just Mm -hmm. felt so like we were so close so quickly. And it just felt like our hearts got pulled together just by that one kiss. Yeah. Oh, it's so freaking powerful. It really is. So... My recent best kiss was a guy that I dated last year. Not going to tell you guys which one. There were a couple. (laughs) But we met online. And on our first date, we... like The date was good, but it wasn't the best date of my life. But it was like good enough that I was definitely curious about going out again. And there was definitely a vibe. I usually don't do this. But I've just been trying to like be curious and listen to my body. And we were about to leave the date. And I was like, how do you feel about kissing me? <laughs> or I'll, no, I said like, do you want to kiss me? And he was like, uh, 100%. And so he kissed me and we both like our lips touched. And then we backed up and we're like, whoa. Mm. It was just like instantly we knew that... It was going to be awesome. And Mm -hmm. it was freaking awesome. And it was just slow and like passionate, not too much tongue. I mean, yeah, we were definitely on that same wavelength. And then the next thing I'll share, which will lead us back into the sex conversation is, you know, you and I had been talking about, you know, I want to pace the physical. I really like don't want to move too fast. And so I asked you, hey, you know, I had invited him over. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have this amazing chemistry. And I really, I like really want to make out with him, but I only want to kiss. But how do I only do that? 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, I'm 36. Like, I want to take these clothes off. Because you have recently scaled back on your sex life. Mm -hmm. And you have recently like not been having a lot of sex. And so you just said, you just pace yourself. Like you made it sound so easy. You're like, you pace yourself, you kiss slow, you pause while you're kissing and you make eye contact, you talk. And to me, that felt so weird and awkward. I was like, that is just weird. I'm going to pull back and just stare at him in the eyes. And I was like, whatever, Sarah, I'm going to try it. So I tried it and we only kissed on my couch. It was so fun. And it also felt, to your point, super intimate because we would kiss and then we would just... I would like pull back and we would look at each other and then we would talk and then we would talk about our connection or talk about other things that would come up. And it was just this like beautiful innocence. And it made me happy just to show myself like I can have self-control and I can pace myself. And also pacing yourself doesn't have to be weird and prude and legalistic. Like our kissing experience with eye contact and slowing it down was super sensual Mm -hmm. and so intimate. Like there was nothing like high school about it. It felt very connecting, but our clothes stayed on. I mean, the things I've experienced doing that have been some of the most sexy moments Mm -hmm. I've ever experienced. And that is also the feedback I hear from the guy. Like, Mm -hmm. it's super hot to do this. And it's not like you're pulling back and be like, so how did that feel to you? What did you eat today? (laughs) (laughs) You're in a vibe. You are creating the atmosphere. You are setting the mood and you're setting the pace by setting the pace. But something you did forget to mention is when you asked me that, the first thing I told you was you need to be committed even before the date that nothing is going to happen before or after the kissing. Mm -hmm. Like as long as you are 100% committed, because in my head, the way I've done this is I literally, it's like not even an option to me anymore. It's like, it's not happening. It's it's just mm-hmm. off the table completely. So I am committed to when we come together, the only thing that's going to happen is we're going to kiss and, and period. And that's it. Wow. So are you a born again virgin? Like, why mm-hmm. are you not having sex right now? You're seeing someone and well, actually, yes, to put you on the spot. I just find it fascinating that as a 30-something who has had, you know, quite a bit of sex in the past, mm-hmm. you're now for some reason choosing not to. The idea was presented to me by someone else, by the person I'm dating, um, because of his set of beliefs. It's just not something he believes in before marriage. And like I said in the very beginning of this, I consider myself a very curious and open-minded person. And also, I haven't experienced great dating post Levi. And I was curious, like, what if I try something new? What if this is the new thing I'm going to try? And so I really, really like this person. And so Mm -hmm. I respect him and I respect his beliefs. And when he said that, it, it just didn't register to me as a deal breaker. It just felt like an opportunity to do something new and to try something new. Yeah. And what has ended up happening is in doing so, I have really, really found personal value in this. Mm-hmm. 
not saying that I, I don't believe in premarital sex, but I still do. And I think it's wonderful. I just have found so much value in going about it this way with this particular person. I know you have follow-up questions, so I'll let you go. Yeah, it's safe to say that we're protecting this guy's identity, but mm-hmm. it is safe to say that his decision to abstain from sex until marriage is because of religious reasons. Mm-hmm. We can say that, yeah? Yes. And it's, and so in that, it's also safe to say that you guys are coming from a different faith perspective. Yes. And so it's your interfaith dating. And I would say that a huge belief that I even myself have had, and I know a lot of women, well, I can't ever date someone who doesn't share my faith, even if they're the best person or the best fit for me, because that automatically means sex is going to be a part of the equation. And they would not be willing to date me if I wasn't willing to have sex with them. And so I feel like your experience kind of blows that out of the water or it throws a wrench in that narrative. Like you're saying, like if you flip it, if you flip the script, like, or if I were you, I wouldn't be surprised at the idea of finding a man who doesn't share your same belief and still choosing to be in a very committed, serious relationship with you. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't think that's impossible. Yeah. I didn't think that was impossible before, but now that I have really experienced that, like, it feels like it's not even a, it's not even a contentious matter. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. And do you feel like, is this just a fun experiment for you? Or is this something you could actually see yourself doing for like the entirety of this relationship slash, do you feel like you would feel like you wanted to progress the relationship faster than you would necessarily want to because you wanted to have sex? I think moving forward, this is something I do want to do. I'm blown away by this, to be honest. And I want to continue doing this with this person. And if it doesn't work out with this person, I will most likely do this with the next person. Mm. And that is how much value I have found in this. With that said, like, I... Wait, what was the follow-up question you asked? Do you think that you would... Advance the relationship? Yeah. No. And I think because I've had sex in the past, um, I don't find myself wanting to like hit a certain milestone. Like I'm not waiting till marriage to get married type thing, you know, Mm -hmm. unless that is like the deal breaker for my partner, then, then that is the case. But like, I myself don't, don't need to get married right away. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't find myself being like, all right, well, if that's what you believe, then we better, you better put a ring on it because mm-hmm. I want to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even about that anymore to me. I don't know. There's so much more of a fluidity about it. Yeah. When you say you're finding a lot of value from it, maybe like what are the top three values or the top three things that have surprised you? Um, that intimacy can be found outside of the bedroom. It's very valuable to get to know the person you're dating before sex. And that within that, there is like a really beautiful opportunity to get to know yourself Mm -hmm. in that, like the whole thing that we were talking about, voicing things, telling the person how they're, how you're feeling, you know, like, I think those are the three things. Mm. For me to have experienced and witnessed what you're going through and dating someone who's out of your faith. And I will say boldly in this, so the story I've made up, and you can tell me if this is true or not, is that in the past, you have thought 
it was weird or maybe like too high of a standard for me to want to date someone within my faith. And in having this experience, what the story I've told myself is that you've now had a little bit more compassion as to why that's been a value for me. Yes, I think that's true. Okay. And I think it's your experience has opened my eyes up to, I mean, you and I have had so many questions like, is this a deal breaker? You know, and even you who are like, I'm spiritual. I love everyone. You actually have spiritual deal breakers. Mm -hmm. Which has been surprising to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to explore that with you more. Yeah. Me too, sis. Cool. Okay. I have a couple journal entries that I'll just read. This was on March 15th, 1998. I went to Denver, Colorado for Memorial Weekend two years ago. All my siblings and I went. Boy, was that a joke. (laughs) (laughs) My two sisters, who were five and two, so Caroline and Lorley, couldn't sit still for two seconds. So I had to walk them up and down the plane like two billion times. By the time we got off the plane, I was exhausted while everyone else wanted to tour around the city. Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) I wonder what your mom was doing. She's like having a wine on the plane. Like, Well, my mom wasn't there. So my parents were divorced and my dad lived in Colorado and my grandma took us. And my grandma, bless her heart, is, you know, the best. But like she was not chasing the children up and down the aisles. Like clearly. Was. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if this is like when it dates back that you um, taking care of your, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Being the mama bear. Being, being the mama the bear. responsible one. Yeah. Because even what, what I noticed in this is I wrote this in my journal two years after it happened. So clearly, you know, I'm making like, there's like some bitterness there. Like, why isn't yeah. anyone taking care of me? Why totally. am I having to do this? Everyone is is wanting to have fun and I want to be fun. I want to have fun, but I've been chasing toddlers. <laughs> I feel like I sound like a mom. Yeah. It's so crazy because I've heard you say that with dating. Like, I mm. want to be fun. I want to yeah. be playful. I want to be funny. <laughs> but I have bills to pay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a narrative to... Sorry if it's getting... I'm getting the serious part of this instead of just the (laughs) journal part. Oh, dang it, Sarah. Okay, this one should probably be fun. Okay. Okay, this is... Oh, I wrote this on the same day, March 15th. I wish I had witnessed the Backstreet Boys concert in Dallas a month ago. And I spelt boys with a Z. I don't know if that's how I spelled that. I called. First thing, I called to get tickets. (laughs) And they were all sold out. I was and am heartbroken. I told my mom that I was going to be scarred by this for the rest of my life since I didn't get to go. My friend got to go and I was so jealous of her sad face. The end. So dramatic, Kat. First of all, I didn't even like Backstreet Boys that much. I was 100% an NSYNC girl. Same, same. Like Justin Timberlake from mm, day one. Day one. So I don't know what that was about. You just experienced a lot of emotion as a, as a child. I really did. I was and am heartbroken. <laughs> I was for the rest of my life. I will be scarred. <laughs> <laughs> and I called. Do you remember calling in to get uh-huh. tickets? Like the Ticketmaster oh. or uh-huh. whatever. Oh, yeah. StubHub. Well, no, that was after mm-hmm. that. Those were the days. Well, sis, it's been real. It has. I hope we did a good job because I feel like this is like third time's the charm. 
with yeah. your audience. <laughs> yeah. Please love us. Please. Like, we're lovable. We're so fun. <laughs> I'm so fun. <laughs> As I'm sitting here with my sweater wrapped around my neck because I'm hot. Because you got overheated. <laughs> I got overheated. Because we were talking about sexy time and I was uh-huh. like, hey, yo. Well, there's so much more I want to dive in with you. So me thank too. you for making, bringing me into this conversation. Let's do it again. Let's. Dear Diary Part 3. Next time. Next time. Interfaith dating. Oh my God. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Love you. Love you, sis. Talk to you like four more times today. Okay. Bye. (laughs)